Hello and welcome to Ayumi's podcast. Today I'll be speaking with Ayumi's Data and Digitalization Forum Chairperson Patricia Kern. Joining Patricia is Matthew Madaha, Technical Consultant at Consorus, and Ross Davis, the Commercial Director at Winwood. Thank you all for joining me and welcome. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. To begin, it would be good just to kind of introduce a bit the Data and Digitalization Forum. Patricia, what, what is this forum about? Very happy to do so, Kat. We started in 2017, I remember perfectly well. It was at the Tokyo conference. Uh, we decided to focus the president workshop on uh, really digitalization. And when we say digitalization, it's like a sort of buzzword, right, that define everything that go from big data, analytics to automatization, what are per se completely different things. But the interest on this subject was huge. Personally, as uh, uh, Marine had of Swiss Recorporate Solution, we started our digitalization journey five years ago. And as such, I was very keen on contributing to bring up uh, this topic within the Ayumi community. In 2018, we created the Big Data and the Digitalization Working Group. And in 2019, we became officially a forum. Members of our forum are either member of other technical committee. The initial idea was that we wanted to have member of other technical committee to make sure that our voice was heard within the committee. Then we enlarged the scope. There are a participant that are delegated only to our forum. And very important, this is the only forum where we have IPP, like Consiros and Winward as official member. We think that it is important that as player in the industry, they are really part, they are integrating part of the discussion. During the last conference, we have promised that we will update our community regularly. We are, to the contrary of other technical committee meeting, uh, also during the year uh, on a regular basis, we will have our next meeting next week. And uh, we want to continue to provide content to the community member. And this podcast is, let's say, like the start, right? Where uh, we keep during the year communicating with the wider Ayumi community. And I'm very looking forward to what uh, Ross and Matthew have got to say on the subject. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Digitalization has accelerated greatly over the past few years, um, particularly this past year due to the ongoing pandemic. What do you see as the greatest challenges for marine insurers with digitalization? Matthew. Sure. So thanks, Katerina. So I, I would say the, the, the greatest, the biggest challenge that they have right now is to do with integrating these digital tools that are going to be available in the market into their current workflow and current IT systems. So it's basically integrating the, the new digital tools within their current workflows, for example. So for example, uh, with digitalization, there's been a huge influx of data into the marine insurance market. So for example, on the marine, on the marine health side, there, there's basically you can uh, have access to data about where and when vessels have been and gone, so you can start to create new rating factors in the market based on behaviour rather than static rating factors. And how do they uh, kind of assimilate all of this data and have it in an easy to use 
uh, fashion in order to basically start to underwrite based off of all this data and price as well or based off of all this data. So it's basically the volume, one of the main challenges is the volume of the data as well. So for example, these data sets we're talking about are not are very large. So they're billions of rows of data of information that we have available to us now. So it's how do we take all that information and make it into an easy to use tool that our underwriters can use. One of the other things as well that we kind of see happening is the changing roles within the industry as well. So basically with all this digitalization, the roles will start to change. So for example, we know that the roles of the actuary and the roles of the underwriter will likely change within the marine insurance market. So for example, with the actuary, it's to do with the tools that they're using, such as instead of using the more traditional pricing techniques, they're starting to use machine learning in more in their pricing, for example, and and where they uh, start to create pricing models. And also on the underwriter, how they take take all of this extra information that they have and their previous experience and amalgamate it in a new way of underwriting, basically. And so that's the way we kind of see the, the biggest challenges right now. Thank you. Ross? Yeah, I completely agree with Matthew that the sheer quantity of data that we're working with here is is going to be one of the biggest challenges. And I, w- I would bring it back to not just to the data itself, but to the to the roles that insurers are going to need going forwards. So if if we look at what digitalization can mean, you know, as Patricia said, it can be many different things. But if we look at it as how as business is placed, how people interact, and then how it's priced and underwritten. One of the big things from, from COVID has obviously been working from home, which is, has greatly affected how, how people interact. I think we were well on the way to electronic placement before COVID. Lloyd's mandated it, for instance, in the London market a good few years ago now. But the working from home and now the desire for people to work from home is going to have huge impacts on how people collaborate. These are big projects, data integration internally. They're um, ex- extremely creative and I think working from home can have big effects there. But also from the underwriting perspective, using data as part of the underwriting process is definitely the way that it's going. But there's certainly a lot to be said about experience when it comes down to assessing policy conditions and coverage. And for the younger members of the market, you kind of learn that through osmosis, through sitting next to more senior people, make their decisions. And with people working from home, it's an awful lot harder to do that. So whilst digitalization of, uh, of remote working, for instance, has been, has been a great thing to, to solve the initial COVID problem, I don't really see it as a long-term solution. Thank you. All of these emerging technologies are undoubtedly creating new opportunities. How do you think maritime insurance industry should embrace them? Ross, would you like to answer first? Yeah, sure. So... We split digitalization into um, how people interact, uh, how business is placed and how it can be underwritten. If we look at electronic placing, for instance, I think some of the clear benefits there, once it's evolved, I don't think it's there yet, is how risk information can be captured directly from the policy. So moving away from the underlying risk itself, how the vessel moves, for instance, and how it behaves, looking at the coverage that's provided. One of the things that came out of COVID is that in, in some policies, quarantine liabilities were provided, but that wasn't something that was captured by insurers' systems and wasn't something that was generally logged. So now there's this big, big pandemic, it's, it's exposures all over the place, and everybody was rushing to try and quantify what that was quite quickly. 
in a future where electronic placing is more advanced than it is currently, you'd be able to quantify that risk in the policy conditions much more quickly and much simply. And not only for that benefit, but of course, cost within the insurance industry is a, is a big problem. Data entry is part of that. And when risk information is able to be captured directly from the policy, there'll be great efficiencies to save there as well. Thank you. Matthew? So I would say one of the emerging technologies that really has come to the fore is machine learning. So that's basically, uh, machine learning is basically a way of where you put data into a program and then into into an algorithm. And the algorithm will then come up with a program or a pricing model based off the information you put into it. And I think from that, what you're able to then do is you're able to better assess and price risk based off of all of this information. So the problem we have right now is we have all of this data that's available to us, but the traditional pricing techniques and underwriting techniques don't allow for all this data. Whereas with machine learning, you basically can, doesn't matter how much data you have, you could have, you know, billions of rows of data going into your models and they still will come up with insights that you may never have seen before. And then from all of that, what you're able to then do is you're able to then kind of be more proactive in in the way you you cover insurance. So, for example, you can do new business prospecting, for example. So you can find low risk policies that you may want to insure and prospect and stuff like that. And it's also about uh, using this technology to innovate new products and create flexibility as well. And so, so that's what I think machine learning allows you to do is it allows you to basically innovate and create new products based off of the the risk that you're assessing. And then from all that, you can, uh, as, as Ross alluded to, there's the kind of digital placement side of things as well. So that's one of the bits of technology that we're starting to develop with clients. It's basically what you can do is you can uh, scrape information from emails, for example. So we, in, the, in the post-COVID world, brokers are communicating with with the insurance companies via email rather than going to the to the box at Lloyd's. And so one of the things that you can do is basically scan emails, scan PDFs, scan Excel spreadsheets for risk information of a policy. And then you can automatically populate all the information you require in order to quickly underwrite. So not only will they it make it easier to underwrite policies because everything is done electronically and the submission process is done electronically. Thank you. Do you feel that digitalization optimizes the supply chain and offers a more sustainable future? If yes, can you provide any examples of that? Matthew, would you like to? Um, I think so. This isn't all of this digitalization isn't something that insurance companies or members of IEMI can can use. It's also uh, the shipping companies that are also involved, especially on on the on the kind of marine and hull and machinery side of things, but also on the cargo side of things, they can use in order to uh, optimize the supply chain. So basically with all this digitalization, there's gonna be a lot of real-time data available for risk. That, and so basically what that allows you, and that what we think that optimizes the supply chain. So basically from a marine hull point of view, if vessels are behaving in a risky way, uh, you can quickly intervene and basically adopt more proactive risk management. So basically, if vessels start to behave in a more risky way, for example, an insurance company, if they if they have uh, digitalization tools that allow them to do behavior risk analytics, what you can then do is they could go back to their client and then inform them, for example, whether vessels are behaving in a risky way. But also shipping companies can use the same information that insurance companies are using in order to evaluate how risky they're behaving as well. Um, so basically, from from that point of view, we'll be minimising the number of 
catastrophic events, for example, that occur in 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 the in the in the supply chain. So therefore, they'll be reducing costs for everyone. Thank you, thank you, Ross. Done well, absolutely. I think very broadly we can split um, the effect of digitalization into either driving efficiency or enabling you to do new things. So uh, an example of each. Um, one of the biggest problems we have in the global supply chain right now is that there's no agreed data standard. Um, and that makes it incredibly difficult uh, for information to flow through the supply chain efficiently. Um, and it also makes it extremely difficult to become or to be innovative um, when the data is either unavailable or widely dispersed around the industry. Um, and this was recognized by the, the IMO and the Maritime Port Authority of Singapore back in July. Um, they held a, a webinar on digital connectivity and data standards. Um, and essentially the, the upshot of it was until the, the supply chain agrees on a way of codifying data, the industry will, will be far from efficient as it possibly can be. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen overnight. But in, in the same way that, that Matthew said previously, once once we do have a, a, a data set that is widely agreed upon, you can then start moving to the so what layer. Now we know where everything is. Now we can assess risk from, from many, many different perspectives. And talking about the supply chain specifically, clearly that's going to have um, the biggest impact on the cargo market, which up until now, I think it's been very, very difficult for cargo insurers to to have a real grasp of where their risk is, um, whether it be on what ships, moving through what oceans at what time. Um, it, it, I think that will have a, a dramatic impact. Um, and then sort of moving on to the doing new things perspective, once you've got codified data, what are some of the, the core things that you can do with it? Um, and one of the things that Winwood has been working on recently is uh, digitalizing the sanctions compliance process um, of the maritime industry. Um, so this year, regulators in both the US and the UK have placed a huge emphasis on assessing vessel behavior as part of their due diligence processes. Uh, and this, this affects virtually everybody connected to ships, whether it be ship owners themselves, charterers, insurers, financial institutions, energy companies. Um, and as an example of one of the behaviours that's recommended to screen for is ship-to-ship -ship transfers. And in the last year, over a million occurred. Um, so that's, you know, that's one of the reasons we've been looking to di digitalise that process. We'll save a huge amount of time within the businesses um, and we'll, we'll provide for much more consistent results by, by those that are using it. Um, and bringing it back to the supply chain, our... Uh, insurance clients on the on the sanction side are insuring circular 70% of the world fleet and on the energy side we're screening roughly 40% of global oil movement um, that we keep moving forward and we keep providing that value this is going to lead towards a standard view of vessel risk from a compliance perspective something that we've called know your vessel KYV so if you screen with Winwood, you'll know that other companies within the maritime industry have the same view as risk as you do, and that's going to provide both efficiency and certainty with the vessels that you're dealing with. Thank you. Thank you both. What would your recommendations be to help digitise insurance operations? 
Ross, would you like to um, go first? Sure. Um, so I think the the absolute starting point has always got to be be crystal clear on what it is that you want to achieve as a business through a digitalization drive. We've had a, a number of conversations with with insurance companies over the the eighteen months that I've been at Winwood, where you're clearly talking to a room of people that want to be better and want to do more, but haven't quite worked out how they want to do that. And there's a certain amount of involvement that we can have and recommendations and talk about how how we've managed to work with other companies in uh, previously. But I think it, it really has to come from the business itself as to what they want to achieve. Is it we're starting with efficiencies and then once we've dealt with efficiencies, we'll move on to gaining new insights from from the data that we're working with or the way that we want to work. And I think it's best to start with the end goal and then work backwards and build stepping stones as how to how to you'll ultimately get there. And I think that that builds on to the second point, which is that ensure that you have the the expertise in-house who have got good experience of working on digitalization projects. And, and by doing that, be much more successful in in turning around a, a project in in a good time with with a good outcome. We've we've worked with consultants before where where companies recognise that they don't have that in house expertise and they bring it, bring in third parties. We like that because that gives us you know somebody that to work with on the technical side and then the insurance company themselves on the business side and collectively you can find a good way forward. But I must say there has there's clearly been um, progress in that regard over the last year or so where there's been some pretty senior hires around the industry, um, whether it be chief data officers or chief technology officers, which clearly shows that, that digitalization is at the very top of the agenda at the moment in insurance. Thank you. Thank you. And Matthew? So I would say for companies that are just starting out your the journey for digitalization, especially in the marine insurance industry, I would say the first step is to basically make sure that your data is up to a certain standard in order for you to, you to be able to use the digital tools that are out there in order to help digitalize your uh, systems and, and workflows. So, for example, one of the things that we have to work a lot with clients is is, is basically helping them to clean up their data in order to make it ready for digitalization. And so that's one of the thing, one of the main things that we work with clients on is basically helping them to clean up their data so that it's, it's, it's data analytics ready. Uh, so that's me. the first step is to basically make sure that you capture as much information as possible for the risks that you're looking into, especially from the exposure and more importantly on the claim side. So for example, on the marine health side, Knowing, uh, for example, what IMO numbers are, li- are linked to claim claims, for example, would would help tremendously. And also on the cargo side, looking at stuff like what are the total value of goods that uh, your insureds are are shipping, and, and knowing those values and, and capturing as much information from the brokers as possible, that will help you to digitalize your your workflow and also embrace digitalization as well. And then, so that'd be the first step would be data standardization. And then from that, what I would then do is look at more accurate pricing and underwriting using all of this, the wealth of information, for example, from IoT uh, and sensor information as well. And also the the vast volumes of data that are out there, for example, on the cargo side. So it's basically more accurate pricing and underwriting. 
and using the more kind of data science methods that are out there in the, in the market, such as machine learning, in order to more accurately price uh, stuff. And then also the next step would be automating and digitalizing the submission process. So I alluded to that before. So it's basically taking the information that you, you get, uh, insurance companies get from brokers, for example, and automatically scanning them. So therefore you automatically populate your policy admin systems, for example, or even if you don't have a policy admin system uh, working with a company like Consira so that we can help you to uh, digitalize your submission process. And, and then basically, finally, it would be centralizing everything in, into one place so you, you're, you don't have to look at multiple places in order to look at things. So that would be automating everything into one web application, for example. Uh, and that's something that the, the Quest Marine platform does is it basically consolidates everything into one centralized place so that all your risk data and all your behavioral analytics and risk and predictive analytics are all in one place as well. Thank you. Thank you, Faith. That's very, very interesting. Do you have any concrete examples on how um, Consorus and Winwood have helped insurance companies to improve their underwriting? Matthew, would you like to go first with them? Sure. So what we do tend to do with clients is we work with them in order to produce pricing models based off of the behavioral data that we we aggregate for clients. So that's basically on the marine hull side and on the marine cargo side, but also on the P&I side as well. So basically what we do is we create pricing models that have new behavioral rating factors that our clients have never seen before. And so what we then do is we then work with them to produce a pricing model and then we then digitize it within our platform so that they can easily access all of the insights that they have available that we can make available to them during the uh, actuarial or underwriting processes, for example. Uh, but one of the ways, so for example, I was working with a client a couple of weeks ago where they were underwriting a specific uh, hull and machinery policy. And the hull and machinery policy, the claims experience, I've, there'd been no claims in the last five years. So the, our client actually saw it as a, a good risk. But actually, when they put, ran it through the Quest Marine platform, we actually showed that the behavior of the fleet of vessels that were uh, what, that was happening is actually high risk behavior. So, for example, one of the things that we found was that this particular fleet we were helping a, a client underwrite uh, was actually traveling a lot further every year compared to comparative fleets. So one of the more important rating factors that we find from our models is the average distance per month of the vessel is an important rating factor in terms of underwriting risk and, and in, in predictive models we produce. So one of the things we're able to demonstrate to our client is basically, yes, it may not have had any claims experience in the last five years, and that you may think it's a good risk, but from a behavioral point of view and from a predictive modeling point of view, it was a high-risk vessel. So they actually decided to increase the premium based off of the information we presented. Thank you. Thank you. Very interesting. Um, Ross? Yeah, sure. So... Um we talk about a, a particular client that, of course, I, I won't name, but I'll use it as, a, as an example. And we we taken a, a slightly different approach. And rather than providing our analytics or insights within a, within a tool, within a, a user interface, we provide the analytics as data. And what that enables uh, our, our clients to do is to incorporate all of those insights across the business, within the workflow, wherever they want, where, however they want. And it gives them full customization and control as to the extent to which behavior analytics are augmented into what they're already doing. And we think that's really important because I think to date, 
the, the market has obviously been underwriting without behavioral analytics for a long period of time. And they're not an overnight solution to low rating within the market or capacity pressures. But what they can do is tell the insurers something about the risks that they're underwriting that they don't currently know. Uh, and that's always going to be worth a good few percentage points on what they're currently doing. But because the analytics are provided as data, the client is able to fully customize the extent to which they're incorporated into their decision making. And we think this provides a couple of, of key benefits. Um, the customer is able to combine the data with their own proprietary data to generate a customized output. And we think that being able to work in a flexible data environment rather than within sort of a, a more rigid user interface will enable them to better answer or make more able to answer questions that, um, that they might think of further down the line. And it also means that they can deploy the analytics across the whole business, whether it be underwriting, pricing, loss prevention, uh, claims analysis. Um, and by using one data set to tackle all of those particular problems, you're using one source of the truth rather than different solutions for different elements where the risk perspective might be slightly different but depending on which tool that you're using so we think that that's one of the one of, one of the major benefits of being able to work with the data directly thank you thank you very much you're very welcome uh, thank you you're welcome thank you thanks